Today's episode is brought to you by Wealth Nutrition. Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I am your host, Colin Morgan, and five days a week, I aim to motivate, educate, and inspire you to live the life of your dreams. I interview some of the most successful and inspiring people, along with sharing insight of my own, in order for you to not only be successful in what you're doing, but prosper in business and life. This show is for grinders, people who don't just have dreams, but are willing to lay it all on the line and grind for what they want. Welcome everyone to The Daily Grind. I am always experimenting with new ways to stay focused and keep my energy level high throughout the day. As an entrepreneur, I know that this is paramount to my success. I recently discovered a new supplement that has solved this key issue for me. Focus 5 by Wealth Nutrition not only keeps me focused, but gives me the energy to stay motivated throughout my day while maintaining a positive mindset. See, most supplements for me really don't help, never have, and make me more jittery than anything else. I haven't had any of those issues while on Focusify. So if you want to try Focusify for 50% off for all Daily Grind listeners, all you have to do is visit focusfi.com. Again, that is F-O-C-U-S-F-I.com. Welcome back to the show, everyone. On today's episode, I'm going to be resharing with you an episode I did uh, on episode 50 of The Daily Grind with Dr. Alex Mayer, the co-founder of MentorBox and also uh, dating app Zeusk. Um, a lot can be learned from this episode. It's always good to kind of go back, you know, for you just being first introduced to the show. I want to get you in touch with some of the people that I've really interviewed and who have made a big impact on me. So as always, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, sit back and dive deep in today's episode with Dr. Alex Mayer. Enjoy. Alex, super excited you're here with us today. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So first thing I wanted to ask you, Alex, is how long did you work for NASA? Um, I worked a little bit over two years, maybe two and a half years. Okay, very cool. What would say your role there? Oh, uh, I worked on quite a few projects. I worked on um, uh, replacement, basically uh, the next manned mission to moon. That's what I worked on towards the end. Cool. Uh, I worked on, uh, yeah, so I worked on quite a few, both robotic and manned space missions while I was there. I did a lot of risk management, risk modeling for space missions. Okay, very cool. And then sort of you were there for two years. What did you kind of transition into right. after that? Was it straight into entrepreneurship or did you do something else? No, I, we, I've been playing with, uh, you know, entrepreneurial ideas uh, while I was working. I've been actually even been trying different ideas while I was in school as well. Okay. And then, uh, you know, at some point, this is the 2007 I don't know if you remember, but in 2007, there was the rise of apps for the first time. Before that, it was all about websites in 2007. Yeah. You know, apps started growing. And uh, that's when I decided to basically quit my full-time job and go build apps full-time. So, and the rest is history. 
Very cool. So you were at that point, you decided that you're going to build apps full time. You were all in on this. You know, how did you right. learn? Like, did you always once apps came out, did you know how to build them? Or was there sort of a learning curve for you there in, in order to figure out, okay, this is what I have to do in order to get where I kind of need to be structurally with with building the app? Yeah, so back in the day, the infra- basically apps were a brand new concept. So nobody knew exactly what apps would take off and okay. what would work. All I, all I remember is like, you know, even the basic things that we built, like there was such a shortage of apps, believe it or not, like in 2007, and apps started first on the Facebook platform. And then when iPhone came out, after, a little bit after iPhone came out, they rolled out their app store. There were not that many apps in the app store. So <laughs> the app, it's hard to imagine nowadays, given like, you know, the number of apps that are available. Yeah. But back in the day, like, the apps were rudimentary, like, you know, the, the most basic apps, because everybody was learning what works, what doesn't work and all that. So we were part of that first wave of apps that we, and we built simple apps like quiz apps and simple games first. And a polling app that we built was very popular. But then, you know, we were building apps after, you know, every, every week we were rolling out a new app. And uh, one of them was an online dating app, and that one took off, and eventually we, you know, went all in on that. Very cool. So it was something where, you know, you had, you had been building apps for a while, you've been testing it, and then you kind of found a, a gap in the marketplace, and you decided to to build Zeusk. Talk us through, say, exactly. the early days of that. Like, what, what was that process like? How long did that take you to build? Walk us through that. Yeah, believe it or not, the first version of it took maybe, I want to say, two to three weeks to build, really? not more than oh. that. So, yeah. so, and it was, um, you know, pr- it was a pretty simple dating app initially. Uh, and there was such a huge gap in the market for apps at the time that, you know, that it took off. We were getting 30,000, 40,000 new users a day. Um, and, um, you know, and then we were like, oh, oh, you know, this is, this is a big opportunity. So we dropped everything else. We had other apps going on. We had quizzes and games and stuff like that. We just shut down everything and, uh, we went all in on online dating and we developed it into a full on feature, you know, online dating app. We didn't even launch the website Zeus.com until a year after. So for one year, the website was just parked. We were just, you know, this is, this is those, you know, in 2007-2008, people laughed at the idea. I remember I was giving a talk at a conference and I said, in a few years, you would be doing your banking on apps. And people laughed. They they (laughs) thought I was joking. I kid you not. Like, it was people thought apps were these silly things and people were all about websites and dot coms and stuff. And we did and we didn't even, we had Zeus.com domain, but we didn't even bother to uh, create a website for the first year. We just focused on the app. And, <laughs> and uh, obviously, we grew quite a bit because of that. Yeah, very interesting how you did that. Now, did you have investors at that time? Or is this something where you had like a couple partners and you just kind of built it organically? 
so uh, the first part of it, we bootstrapped it uh, yeah. until I want to say 200,000 users or something. And uh, uh, we had some revenue. It was not a lot. I can't remember the exact amount. Maybe it was like a couple hundred bucks a day or something like that. And, uh, and then we raised the seed round. And then after that, we uh, raised Series A pretty quickly. Basically, we, sh- we had traction before we raised money. In general, I don't like raising money before I have any traction or proof of product market fit. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And then Zeus ended up going public, and then you kind of transitioned out of that role, right? Uh, it didn't. It didn't go public. We filed to go public, but we gotcha. ended up not pulling the trigger. Yeah. Uh, yes, I transitioned out of the role. I'm still on the board of the company, and the company is doing very well. Um, but it is a privately held company, and uh, you know, and I'm on the board, but not active day to day. Awesome. So now fast forward a few years, if you don't mind, Alex, let's talk a little bit about right. how you started MentorBox because I think it's a great idea. I mean, you're a big proponent in reading and this just gives, it's almost like a Netflix for books, right? Like that's the way I kind of looked at it. Yeah, it is. It, I mean, the way I describe it is it is a faster, cheaper multimedia way to you know, learn from books. And you described it well. It is basically just like Netflix. You log in, you pick a book that you like, you tap on it, and you watch the author uh, teach you the book, all the main points of the book. And on top of that, we develop these exercises and workbooks. It's called kinesthetic learning, meaning learning by doing. Uh, So we give you little action plans and things to do to personalize the concept and then you know, learn it faster that way and memorize. And the reason for that was it started most mostly as a passion project. So I've been a big book reader all my life. As a matter of fact, I can tell you I have a PhD in engineering, but the things I needed to learn uh, to succeed in business, I mean, I, I can't name that many things I learned at school that were actually applicable, you know, in real life, um, which is a huge problem. Uh, but that's, that's something for hopefully other people are working on changing the education system from inside. Uh, but me being outside the education system, I was like, well, you know, all the things I had to learn, I learned from books. But then I see a lot of people who don't read books. As a matter of fact, I'm a big book gifter myself. I've been gifting books to my friends all my life. And they, I see it. I see that they don't read. Yeah. So. You know, I was like, well, it's because they are not reading is not the main way of learning for a lot of people. Also, there's time. Uh, so we, I said, well, let me create an alternative to it, which is faster, easier, and even cheaper. Uh, so, and that's how we created MentorBox. It was mostly an experiment uh, to, see, to see if I can make it such that, you know, all my friends around me are also get into, you know, look, continuous learning yeah. and it works. So we expanded it and productized it. Yeah. And I, you know, whenever I think of people reading books, I'm like, there's no other two people that read more in my opinion than you. And then there's Ty Lopez and Ty Lopez is actually a partner of yeah. yours in this business, right? Yeah, actually the, 
the, the way I met Ty is very interesting. Back in the days when I was doing online dating, he was also, he had an online dating company back in the days too. Okay. And we were sitting on a panel. We were sitting on a panel. This was like probably eight years ago or something. Uh, eight years ago, we were sitting on a panel and uh, at a, at a online dating, internet dating industry conference. And, um, you know, and, and he was talking and he was quoting some, you know, I can't remember which one, but I think it was third chapter at Z. Uh, and I, I was like, oh, somebody else has read that book too by Jared Diamond. <laughs> uh, and, and, and afterwards, I'm like, we started talking. And then I was like, I've, I literally had never met anybody other than me because I've always, you know, walked around and nobody has read as many. Yeah. I, I, I had never met anyone who had read more books than me. And here was time. <laughs> So we immediately became friends, and we were friends for years before starting Mentalbox together. Very interesting. Now, what I kind of want to ask you, Alex, is say, what's been the biggest obstacle, say, that you've had to overcome as an entrepreneur? Like, what's been that biggest, uh, you know, hurdle or block that you've had to kind of get over to kind of get where you are? Uh, the biggest block uh, blocks for an entrepreneur are, are actually internal. I always tell people the biggest the biggest issue that you have is actually inside your own head, uh, and it comes it it it, it comes in, in a variety of different forms. One of them, which is a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, I can, I probably can say the number one source of misery and pain for entrepreneurs is this one thing: they are too stubborn about their ideas. So instead of morphing into what works. They become, you know, they're too stubborn about their idea. And what ends up happening is that they get frustrated and mad at the world because the market does not want their product. Yeah. So instead of trying to change to fit what market wants, they try to convince the world that, oh, here, my product is great. And then, you know, you cannot convince the world. It's just very difficult to, you know, convince the market. So they end up you know, becoming frustrated. And a lot of times they just dig themselves into a hole basically in the process. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I see it all the time for businesses that, that we help here at our company and it's, you know, they come to us with an idea and they're stuck on it, right? Like you probably see it all the time where someone comes to you with an idea and it's like, you're trying to help them. We're trying to say like, maybe you should look at a different path or look what the market's telling you. It's not working. Things need to change. But you're right. People are just so stubborn when it comes to businesses, their idea of becoming their entrepreneur. And that's a real problem, right? I think that's why a lot of businesses fail is because when they're successful, they think that it's all on them. They get a big head. And when they fail, they think it's all on them, right? So instead of kind of going yeah. out there listening to the market around you. Yeah. And it, 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 it's interesting because a lot of times if you look at stories of companies that have massively succeeded, you know, a lot of them started as a completely different company. I mean, Zeus, my own example, there's a Harvard case study on my pivot. I started the company as a, basically a polling app. It was even called collection. It was not called Zeus. Hmm. And um, yeah, and then we pivoted, even though polling app was, was making some money, but it was I raised, I, I can tell you this, uh, we raised the first seed round that I mentioned, going into it and pitching it as a polling company. So we had users and customers and all that. But then we pivoted. We Even after I raised money, I never stopped testing. 
and sure enough, a few weeks later, we launched uh, an online dating app that took off and became like 100 times bigger uh, than our polling app in a very short amount of time. Another example is like, you know, Slack. Slack started as a gaming company. I don't know if you're familiar with Slack. It's like an enterprise communication company. It's a pretty big company now. Um, It's an enterprise communication, like internal messaging company. Uh, And it's big. It's like a multi-billion dollar company now. But it started as a gaming company. And for two years, it failed. And they had built this internal communication app for their own purpose in the process. So they built this tool internally so that they can manage, coordinate their processes better. And then, you know, right right when the founder was about to pull the company, they said, hey, what if we take this tool that we have built and just package it and sell it to other companies and bam, you know, they ended up with a massive company. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's very, it's, as a matter of fact, it's probably really rare for a company to start with a product idea and just ends up doing that exact product idea. Uh, so stubbornness, and I always quote Bruce Lee, you probably have heard it, be like water, my yeah. friend. I always say be like water. I mean, the goal here is to win as a business. You need to stay viable. And which one do you prefer? Do you want to be to, you know, stick to your ideas? And even if they're not working, or you want to win, and you have to be interested in winning as a business. So now, Alex, let's talk about how learnings played a part in your entrepreneurial journey, because, you know, we all know how many books you read, you know, the importance of learning. You started Mentor Box. I'm wondering if there's been a mentor in your life that has had a big, profound impact on you. Yeah, there have been quite a few. Um, some of them uh, were my mentors in person, including, you know, some people that I've mentioned, like, you know, my the first person that invested in Zeus, for example, Mike Hodges is the CEO of 30 companies or 25 companies or something. Yeah. Uh, he's a serial CEO. And he was a personal mentor to me. But I also had, you know, a lot of these books that I've read, I actually, a lot of these authors, I become starstruck when I meet them. Uh, for example, Robert Cialdini, the author of Persuasion, which we covered for MentorBox, when yeah. he came to our studio, I told him, listen, you've never met me, but I read your book, Influence, many years ago. And it literally, for the first time, I realized when I read that book that there's a science to you know, persuasion and influence. And that book changed my whole perspective. So in a way, you can think, he was my mentor, even though he had never met me until, you know, a few months ago when we covered him for MentorBox. So, you know, I have had personal mentors and then people that, um, you know, I, I have learned from indirectly by watching their videos and talks or reading their books. And uh, that's actually the reason that I didn't call this company AuthorBox or something yeah. is because... It's, it's not just about reading a book. It's about the way I think about it is that uh, there are people who have spent their entire lives learning things become, bec- to become subject matter experts in different areas. And you got to like, 
kind of access it, reach and access that information, um, you know, either through their books or videos or MentorBox gives you a way, good, good tool to do the same thing or in person if you're able to do it. But the more, the better. That's how to think about it. Yeah, absolutely. I love I love the name Mentor Box, and you know that's that's the way I look at reading, anyways, right? Even if I'm just reading something for a brief period of time, and all I'm trying to do is just grab that one little thing. Like these authors are mentors to me, right? Exactly. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I love that you that you stuck with Mentor Box and you didn't go Author Box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I because it is too limiting. The idea is not. As a matter of fact, I think the fact. So people are a little bit too religious about the, the concept of the book, like as in written uh, on on paper and just, you know, bound together in the form of a book. And I'm like, listen, a book is one artifact. It's an ancient way for a subject matter expert to share their knowledge that they spent a lifetime learning with you, which is great. It's a great thing. I've been reading books all my life. But the purpose is not the, the thing here. The, it's not the book. It's just a tool. Yeah. So it's a way to convey the information. So, you know, whatever, however you can get that information and whatever works for you, you got to go for it. Because the objective is not to read a book cover to cover. The objective is to learn. And yeah. these two are different. I love that. I love that message there. Now, Alex, if you could go back in time, say, and offer a young Alex, you can choose the age, but if you could offer your, yourself, a young Alex, one piece of advice, I'm wondering what that would be and why. Yeah, uh, I've been asked that question many times. My answer is <laughs> basically I would, have asked, I would have asked myself to take more risks. And yeah. the reason is, yeah, it just, it's interesting. Um, we all uh, live with our fears a lot of times. And yep. I see it in you know, people of, of different walks of life. What if this happens? What if that happens? And, and there is a reason sometimes to have some fear, but most of the time fear is obsolete in the modern world because we are, no matter what we do, we are not going to be eaten by lions or die of starvation. Yeah. I mean, still this happens in modern day, but it's, but for, for the most part, most people will never face that problem. Uh, so basically, fear is that evolutionary, that, that thought process that happened, you know, that's still in our minds, but it's really not applicable in the modern world. And a lot of times we don't take risks or do things that we should be doing because we are fearful. And um, I would tell myself to be less fearful. That's what I would have told myself. Even though I took a lot of risks yeah. you know, all my life, but it's still, I think I could have taken even more. Yeah, I think that's a great piece of advice, even for anyone listening today. Take more risk. Don't be fearful, and great things will happen. Alex, what motivates you to keep grinding? What gets you out of bed every day and just fires you up to do what you do? Um, part of it is you know, the mission of the company. And uh, or the project that I'm that I'm working on. So, for mentor boxes specifically, uh, the project is the, the goal of the company is insanely in line with what I want to do. Like when I 
look into our uh, mastermind group or we get emails from people that people are learning or, you know, after years, maybe after, you know, some people after college, they never open a book. Yeah. And they, I try to get them back into the habit of continuous learning. That, that is a huge motivation, a huge driver for me. And, you know, that's, so I like to build businesses. I always say I like to build businesses that are win-win-win, meaning uh, the customer wins, um, the company shareholders and employees win, and also the world becomes a better place. And uh, I basically don't take on any business project unless it fits that. And, you know, it's obviously just like I said, in this case, it's a good business. It is helping the customers. And on top of that, the world, hopefully, I mean, right now we're growing. But if I can actually move the needle, just imagine, you know, I can move the needle on, uh, you know, having more people to continuously learn new things for the rest of their lives on a continuous basis. If I can move that needle just by a tad bit, just imagine what yeah. an impact it will have on the world. And so that's why I wake up every morning. I'm like, okay, how many more people can I get into the habit of learning? So, I love it. I love it. Now, I know you're a big reader, Alex, but I was wondering yeah. what your favorite podcast to listen to is. Uh I like Tim Ferriss' podcast. Yeah. Uh, he's got a good podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pi has a good podcast. Um, so those are my two. I want to say if I want to pick two, I pick those two. Yeah, two of my favorite as well. Now, how many hours a day yeah. would you say you work on average? You typically work on average. So um, the definition of work is a little bit different for me because I'm, I, I consider thinking – uh, also working. Yeah. So if, if, if you consider that, then it's like many, many hours, <laughs> like <laughs> most of my waking hours. <laughs> but if you're saying actually sitting in, in front of a computer and doing something, it's actually not that much. It's like probably maybe six hours, seven hours a day. Yeah. So love it. Now yeah. speaking, say of mentor box, I'm wondering what's been your most successful form of marketing to date? Um, I want to say in today's world, Facebook and Instagram marketing is probably the most effective. Yeah. Uh, YouTube is also very effective. Um, and the reach that YouTube has is insanely high. Uh, so basically, Google and Facebook are the two number one. And I, in my previous company, I've done, uh, for Zeus, I've done all sorts of marketing channels, uh, including TV and even in those in that, in that company, like Facebook and Google, were the two dominant players. Yeah, awesome. Now, this is a tough question, but I always ask it: is how do you define success? Um, it, it's it's actually not tough for me. It's pretty clear, uh, especially now that I'm older and like I feel like I I it's not just to me starting a business is not uh, money-driven as, as much as I, it used to be when I just started. Uh, the, the, the success to me is actually how many lives I can touch in a positive way. So if I can touch the lives of a billion people, that is a billion that is worth a billion dollars to me. Yeah. So that's how I find it these days. 
I love it. Now, we've heard a lot from you today, Alex. You shared a ton of great content. We covered a lot of topics. Say my audience remembers nothing, but they can take away one thing from today's podcast. What do you want that to be? Uh, be flexible. Be flexible. Yeah. Go with what works. Absolutely. Be like water, like you said, as Bruce Lee says. And now lastly, Alex, what's the best way that our audience can connect with you and learn more about what you got going on? Sure, yeah. Follow me on Instagram at Dr. Alex. Awesome. I think you just cracked around 100,000 followers, didn't you? I I did. I did. And I'm very grateful for that. I... Um, I, I am a, I'm a shy person and like, I'm an introvert. Yeah. So to me, it was a little bit of a struggle to come out and be on the social media. But now that I've done it for a while, I kind of like it. Because if you notice what I do on social media, I give away books and stuff. Yeah. I love it. I mean, the fact that, and, the, and the, I tell you what I like even more than, you know, the feedback I get from uh, followers, which is amazing. I like when I put an author on a social media, and a lot of these guys, I put, you know, uh, the author of the Telomere Effect, this Nobel Prize-winning research professor at UCSF, and these people are, you know, they 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 work, they're kind of like isolated. They're not that much exposed to the world, and when I put their content on social media and expose it to the world, and I see their reaction on author's face, how happy they are. Because finally they get to get their message out yeah. to the public. I love it. I really like it. So um, it's more than anything else, I think of it as a way for me to facilitate bringing you know, all these great minds and exposing it to the world. That's what I like the best about it. Absolutely. And you're definitely doing that. I will share all those links. Follow Alex on social media, Facebook, Instagram, visit Mentor Box. If you haven't already, sign up. It's it's a small amount of money, and the amount of information and knowledge that you're going to get out of it is exponential. It's fantastic. And as you can see, again, everyone, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today, flexibility. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. We had the chance to speak with Dr. Alex Mayer today. Alex, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and visiting us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hope you enjoyed today's interview, everyone. If you found value in it, please hit that subscribe button, drop us a comment, share it with your friends. As always, until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.